Happy Monday, everybody. I hope that you woke up getting ready to start your week. And if I am way too peppy today, I'm sorry. We'll get on your level. We are about to talk about college. A lot of you are starting college. A lot of you are just getting into the groove. Maybe you're about to start. And I hope that this comes at just the perfect time in your life. I invited my college expert in our household to come along to the podcast since I didn't go to college. So Christian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And if you're listening to this and you're kind of confused on why uh, he is on, because I'm not a sister or a friend, I'm a you're, lover. You're not my friend. Well, I'm your, you know, your husband. You're my best friend, though. Yeah. You're my dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. But, uh, but if I think of like a friend, I'm, I'm usually thinking someone girly. Yeah. But that's okay. If I'm going to have a man on, it's fitting that it be you. I would hope so. Yeah. You're my friend. Thank you. Um, so I want to talk about college because a lot of people are starting college, just getting into the groove of things, about to start college. And college is where a lot of decisions are made. There's a lot of stressors about college. Um, so bring me back to when you were about to go to college. What were you feeling? Love, you're, 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 you're not wasting any time, are you? Let's just get to it. Let's talk about college. Let's just get to it. Um, so early on in college, um. Well, tell me to like the summer before. Were you excited? Were you nervous? Okay, let me think. I was excited when I so when I graduated high school, I was still seventeen, so I was super young. So I was a year Wait, younger. Really? Wow. Yeah, I've told you that. I didn't think about that. I mean, I guess I should know that because I was eighteen and you're one year exactly younger. Yeah, than I me. wasn't even eighteen when I graduated high school. That's nuts. So I was super young, like summer, and then going into college, I just turned eighteen, so like just became an adult, if you will. Um, and not that that really like changed any of the way that I was living, uh, by any means. Um, but when I was going through summer, going into scene, going into my freshman year of college, I don't really think I was ever nervous. I think I was like, I really just had this idea of like, how can I have so much fun and like be quasi crazy, but also be in plugged in church? Like what? just, no, like seriously, that was my thing of like, how can I like do what I want to do and like live it up, but also like pursue loose like quote unquote pursue like, in your mind you actually went into college wanting to pursue the lord but also like not wanting that to affect how you were going to experience college yeah I, I that's what i'm saying i think it's it's looser on pursuing god it was more on like just being in church like so wanting you were actually excited about finding a church though yeah I was, yeah i was excited about finding a good community of people but because I'd had some reference point to that. Because like a few times throughout high school, like I'd gotten serious about faith and then it had like burned out. Then I'd gotten serious and it had burned out. So it had I had this like relationship with like church and God of like just these temporary highs that like had no sustenance. So I had tasted that, but it had it had never lasted for more than like a month or two. Yeah. Three, whatever. I can't remember all this stuff. Um but yeah, it so it's less like I would say less pursuing God and more just like wanting to be in a church and like have a community, but also not really conform yet to like, you know, fully surrendering, if you will. Like I want to like kind of taste a church, but then also like have fun with my fraternity and like guy friends and just kind of party. Yeah. So you go to college, you go to Auburn University, War Eagle. War Eagle. You get there and you dove in head first. Full on. What were the first few weeks like for you? 
Yeah. So it's like if you think of a pool, it's like church was like the kit, like, you know, like the shallow area, like the kiddie pool. You went to a church. Yeah. Like I kind of di- dabbled my toe in. And then let's say the party scene was like the deep end, like all the cool kids kind of hang out. You know what I'm saying? So like I kind of dabbled like my foot in the church. And then I just like just you dove in. somersaulted into the into the deep end. Um, Sorry, I was so thinking of, of like a funny kind of kitschy reference that I kind of forgot your question. So you get there. Yeah, so okay. What did the first couple of weeks look like? You got involved with the church-ish and then you went super hard in the party scene fast. Yes, that was a good, yeah, that's good. So I would say less involved at the beginning. Like I was just there. I was just attending. I wasn't like really serving or involved or, you know, really a part of a Bible study or anything. I was like just going to church and I was encouraged every Sunday by all the messages. Like my, our pastor, who's still a really good friend of mine, was awesome. Um, but I still just wanted to like, have fun and just party. And I had, I'd had no really reference point to like how I can do that. And also like being in relationship with Jesus. Cause for me, it was always like church people were weird. Like they weren't fun. Like it was just like things not to do. Like don't go get drunk. Don't go do it's this. It's more don't. about rules. Yeah. It was more like rules and like it, it just, at least for me, it had never come across as like relational. Yeah. And it wasn't until a few months into college that I had kind of, like I said, I had been pursuing being involved in church um, and also like just being being kind of crazy in my fraternity. Let's just be honest for a second. Let's just put church on the side. We're uh-huh. going to get to church later because uh-huh. later the church becomes a part of your life. Yeah. But honestly, when you first went to school, yeah, your life was much more defined by what the deep end than the Well, it was. And so- I'm trying to break this down for people to understand because I know sometimes it's like we want it to look not that we're trying to paint a better picture than it was because you were in church. But I just want people to understand because some people have started college and like they're they're having themselves a good time. You know, like they might go to church on Sunday like you did. They might be listening to what's good podcast, but. If there's a party Friday night, that's where they're going to be. Saturday, that's where they're going to be. No, for sure. I hear exactly what you're saying. But but I'm saying there was a blindness to it, though. Because yeah. I went into college as a dry pledge. There was only like five of us out of 30 to 50. I can't remember how many guys uh-huh. were on a pledge. I was like, out of 50, like five out of 50 were like not going to be like not going to be drinking. And I was one of those five. And I was, you know, getting hammered. Not really getting hammered. I was just drinking. So, but I'm saying like I went in with this inclination to like, I want to party, but not as hard or as crazy as like other people that I've seen. If that makes sense. It's like yeah. a weird, I don't really I know. I think what it was is like your life wasn't a bit of a contradiction, but it was because like you knew inside, deep inside, this isn't really the way that you want to live. Yeah. But you weren't willing to go through the hardship of what it would take to not live that well, for way. sure because i think i think it's just such this paradox I would, I would i would say most people that go into college have some sort of background at least i would listen to this podcast or that would follow us whatever like have some background of faith like of church but then go to college and like want to experience something they've never experienced before but they still have this inclination and this like just maybe suppressed desire of but i still want to do the right thing right so it's 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 the culmination of two things, two completely polar opposite lives mm-hmm. confronting head on. Yeah. So it's less like, so what I'm trying to say is I did, I, that. I did go hard, but I also still had some conviction inside of like, this is still wrong, but I just suppressed that. Yeah. I think most people that go to college, it's like, 
you still want to you know make your parents proud you still want to go find a church you still want to have good friends but then there's also some like you want to experience but then yeah but then you're also yeah. enticed to like well so-and-so is doing that it looks pretty fun and they're like like you know it, it looks like it's working out well for them yeah but you can only that's what i say you can only pursue those two different things for so long and just live a lukewarm life and live just your life completely contradicts itself before it catches up to you. Yeah. And a few months in, I mean, that for some people, that might be three years. You might be a junior in college listening to this, and you're like, that's been the last three years for me. Like, thankfully, that only took three, four, or five months, whatever it was. And it only took a couple months into college to really figure that out. Yeah. Of like, what I'm saying is not aligning with what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I'm saying I'm a dry pledge, but I'm on a balcony shotgunning beers. Like, I'm saying... I'm a drive pledge, but then when you ask me to drive, I can't because I've drank just as much as you. Like, yeah. so I'm saying there's all these things that, like, what you're saying has to align with what you're doing. Yeah. And I think most people go into college with that idea of, like, um, it's enticing. I want to I wanna try to live for the world because that's what I see people doing. It's the best four years of your life. Live it up, as everyone says. Mm-hmm. But there is still some kind of conviction or some kind of something telling you mm-hmm. that it's ultimately not really fulfilling yeah and that's kind of the the weird headspace that i was kind of at so i love how you said it the other night when we were talking about this that like the reality is it was fun though uh-huh. so talk a little bit about that because i think that some people you know are like but it but it is fun they like, don't deny that it's fun so what was it for you that was like this is just not fun anymore like when did it hit the point yeah. Why did it hit the point? Yeah. That's the thing, you know, I think sometimes as Christians, it's like we can kind of stand on that thing of like, well, sinning's not fun. Like in reality, like it is fun, but it, it's 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 the wrong language. It's like it's fun, but it's not sustaining. Like it's not long term satisfaction. Like anytime I did something super sinful and most everyone that I knew in college, like it was met with some sort of guilt or some sort of shame. So it was and it's the same with plenty of things in life it's like a temporary high or temporary satisfaction that ultimately leads you empty and not set like unsat like unsatisfied unsatisfied mm-hmm. yeah that's why you see so many people that are like when i had the most in the world that's when i felt the most empty yeah like when i had the most women the most money the most drugs or whatever like in that time of like when you feel like you had the most of what you were telling yourself you wanted that's when you felt the most empty yeah so yeah i mean my first few few Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestseller, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. 
Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash Woe or just text Woe to 500 500. That's audible, A U D I B L E dot com slash Woe or text Woe to 500 500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. Y'all, I love summertime. It is my favorite season and I'm so excited to jump back in. We are approaching the best time of the year. But no matter what your summer looks like, KiwiCo invites kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first summer adventure series. Kids can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks, no matter what their age is, with enriching activities that accompany each project. KiwiCo has something for everyone with different topics for each age from space to dinosaurs and so much more. I am so excited about the summer series. We actually are getting this little driver that I know Haven is going to love because it's a little steering wheel and she loves anything active and also a little like neighborhood fun one where they have a water paint thing, which is so good because it's not going to make a mess. And honey is so into painting right now and painting with a three-year-old. Yeah, that's just hard. So I'm excited for the no mess. KiwiCo offers kids a chance to get outside and explore screen-free with projects like the Bottle Rocket Kit from the Summer Adventure Series. They can turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. Every Summer Adventure Series with KiwiCo is a personalized experience that includes real engineering, science, and art projects. And you'll be impressed with how high quality all the materials are. Everything we've gotten from KiwiCo has been absolutely amazing and such high quality. I know sometimes it can be hard to find creative, engaging ways to keep your kids away from the screens and just having fun, but KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can focus on spending fun and quality time tackling projects together. The KiwiCo Summer Adventure Series is personalized to your family and can be received all at once or weekly for six weeks depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great, or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash Sadie Rob summer. That's 20% off your summer adventure at kiwico, K-I-W-I-C-O.com slash Sadie Rob summer. My first few, um, whatever, from, yeah, my first few months in college were like, were great. I remember, I remember one time, we went to go see me and a bunch of guys in my fraternity went to go see a movie uh, like super high and it was hilarious. Um, but it was like, but then the morning after it's like, what am I doing with my life? Like, so that's what I'm saying. There's things that are fun, but then if you kind of take a, a step back, it's like, why, why do I convince myself that this is fun? But then ultimately leads you unsatisfied and unfulfilled, right? It's the same. Yeah. You always share your donut analogy. Like it's a great analogy. You want to kind of... Yeah, I always talk about my donuts. Well, I can't remember exactly how I said it, but it's like, 
it would be super fun if we got a bo box of donuts, couple boxes, and we're like, it would be so fun if we just ate all these donuts. And you're laughing, you're like, this is a great time, let's eat as many as we can. And we're like, ooh, number eight, number nine, it's all fun. Until you're throwing up after, and then you're like, why do we do that? Like no one after when you throw up is like, let's run it back. Let's go get a couple more boxes. Let's eat some more donuts. You're like, no, I will never do that again because it made me feel so sick. But with sin, for some reason, like the Bible says, like a dog returning to its own vomit. It's like, even though we know this is bad for me, this is gross. This, this makes me feel bad. This makes me feel sick. This makes me feel shame, anxiety, depression. I keep going back to it because yeah. it was fun. But when you think about it and actuality and just when you think about it with, with sense and with wisdom you go no i'm not going to go back to the donuts because that's what got me here in the first yeah. place and so i think sometimes it, because our feelings take over or whatever it's like oh i just want to get back to that feeling of when i was eating the donuts because that was fun not thinking that very thing is what's leading me to feel this the next day well, that's what it is yeah it's like if you were to show up I never lived at a, I never lived in a fraternity house. But if you were to show up at a fraternity house at nine a.m. or ten a.m., and almost everyone there's hungover, they all feel awful. People are throwing up. It's like if you ha if you were like an interviewer, like you know, how do you feel right now? It's like I feel awful. But that's at nine a.m. and then you're telling yourself at nine a.m. like la like yeah, last night was fun, but I'm reaping the benefits of how bad it was. And somewhere between nine a.m. and four p.m. or five p.m. whatever, before the next party starts, the next football game or whatever, you you convince yourself that last night wasn't as bad as I remember it was eight hours ago. And then it's the same thing. And then you wake up Sunday morning and you're like hung over again. And it's like, I feel awful. I can go puke in a bucket, but it's, it's such a, it's just so weird because it's, you're, you're blind to it. Like it's, yeah. if you're living in sin, like, you know, the Bible talks about the, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Like people are blind and just oblivious to, to that sin. So they keep going back. So you just keep going back Doing to it, it again. So that's, so that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're getting drunk and it's 11 p.m., like you're having a great time, like it's fun in the moment. But then when you wake, when you wake up the next morning and you're you're super sick and you're like, why in the world did I do that? Mm -hmm. But then a few hours later, you're back to doing the same yeah. thing. Like it's just this cycle yeah. because one, that's what you're used to. Many people are addicted to it, and a lot of times it's to you know it's an escape to you know that's that's why a lot of people are addicted to to those things and to drugs and alcohol because it's like you want to escape your present circumstance, right? Yeah. Like you want somewhere to go that's just going to numb your mind or numb yeah. whatever to just kind of release from realities mm -hmm. of the world. Well, I love how you said that. You said like sin is fun, but it's not fulfilling. Yeah. And so it may be fun in the moment, but it will not fulfill the emptiness that your soul is really craving. And yeah. so it might be fun, but the next day you have this guilt, you have this shame, you, you might physically have that um, affects the sin. You might be hungover. You might, you know, you could get alcohol poisoning. Like, there are real things like that. Yeah. Sin actually has like physical effect. Like sin leads to death spiritually, but sin sometimes also leads to death physically. Yeah. And I love how like living a life for Christ, it is also fun mm -hmm. and it's fulfilling. Like there are things you can do in your Friday night and you're not necessarily sacrificing from fun. You're still having fun, but like you're living in fulfillment as well um but it is like it does take a hard hard stop to like break that cycle like actual change to get out of those things when you're living so heavily in them um i love how you're just so real and you're like yeah me and my friends went to a movie high and it was hilarious but like looking back even the next day as quickly as the next day you're like what am i doing with mm -hmm. my life so let's just get real can we be real for a second mm -hmm. okay so i remember whenever we were about to get married 
Uh-huh. And I was on your computer and I started seeing all these pictures from when you first went to college. Uh-huh. And we can delete this if you want us to. No, I don't care. But I was like, oh my gosh, like we have to delete these pictures because like. Okay, first off, you had, you in no way had a happy tone about it. So the way that you're quoting No, 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 no. It, I'm, I'm like laughing now, but I was not happy. Oh, I was you like, were like pissed. I was like, oh my gosh, like. You were crazy. You were livid. And I was like, you have to delete these pictures. I was like, because it looked so bad in my mind. Like, they were like pictures of him smoking cigarettes. and Which is, I have a backstory. Yes, there's a backstory. There, do you want to tell your backstory? No, no, you can keep going. There is like a picture of you dressed like a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. Yeah. For a fraternity party. Like, there was a lot of shocking things, okay, on this camera roll that all popped up on his computer that weren't on his phone. And I was just like, okay, these have got to die. And I have to be honest, like my heart was like not really in the right place because I was more thinking of like, I was embarrassed and I was just like, if these ever got out, then what would people think like of like, you know, I'm marrying this person that might be kind of wild and like, what if people dig up this dirt on you and all this stuff. And I really hate that I responded like that. And I just want to like say that to you publicly, which I know I already said it to you privately, but I want to say that publicly because I actually think that in the church, like, I don't think it's a good thing to hide your past because Mm -hmm. I think that the past is the power of our testimony. And I actually think that it is so cool to admit and to show that I once was dead, now I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And for people to see that I once was blind, now I can see. I once was lost, now I'm found. Like I think the power of our testimony is that we had a past. And I was thinking about this the other day, like so many people, they get ashamed of their past. They're like, oh, if they ever found out, they ever find out. But I actually think if they found out, then that would actually show how good Jesus is. And I think about Jesus like being someone who died on the cross and how like he was dead in the grave. And if someone ever said to him, like, weren't you the dead guy? It would be so powerful for him to then say, yes, I was, and now I'm alive. Mm -hmm. And so I would never want you to feel like you couldn't share your past or it would be bad if those pictures came out or because I think the world likes to take pictures like that and like blow it up and like cancel you when I'm like no that's the very thing that like qualifies me for the cross that Mm -hmm. I was sinful and like God's blood like Jesus's blood covered that sin and now I'm alive in Christ and so I feel very passionate about that because I just feel like we feel the need to hide our past because of the way that people blow it out of proportion or people misunderstand or like cancel culture and all this stuff. And I just want you to know, I think it's actually really powerful that I saw pictures of a person living this life that now I see you and like, it's a different person. I've never experienced that from you. And I just think that's really cool. Yeah, Yeah, well, quick, I guess, 10 second backstory. So the cigarette, I had, I was smoking a cigarette and I thought, you know, I kind of felt like an early, like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, like Brad Pitt kind of thing. And it's actually really funny. It's one of those pictures where it was like kind of grainy. I thought it like looked super cool. And I was like, if I ever get famous one day, someone's going to like post this and say like, you know, like Christian have 2016. And it's like, but this is like 50 years down the road. Like, you know, like Pete, like there's like those like history, like you Instagram things or whatever and it's like brad pitt 1982 and it's like him like looking like super cool uh that's just kind of what i thought was gonna happen and it didn't because that picture's uh gone forever <laughs> sorry everyone Did I that picture's picture? gone forever and the dallas cowboy cheerleaders was i didn't have a choice it was a it was like a ro- I, you did have a choice it was okay yeah well i can't talk about 
okay, it, I did have a choice, but it was basically like you can't. I I I can't speak against my fraternity on on this podcast, but like I I had to dress up as something. Like that was that was each person got a thing. Yeah. And that was what was assigned to me. So yeah. if I didn't do it, I would have been in a lot of trouble. Okay. So I do want to, let's talk about this for a second. Because a lot of people are joining fraternities and sororities right now. And the reality is they don't feel like they have a choice to not do certain things. Uh-huh. And so let's talk about this for a second. What do you think as a Christian, being in a space where you might be pushed to do things that don't align with your values or your morals, um, but for the sake of remaining in you have to do like looking back okay the Dallas Cowboys jersey is kind of funny it's not like that you weren't you weren't doing anything wrong it wasn't you know? like a hazing but like thing, yeah. say you were it was like a drinking thing and you had uh-huh. to drink or you had to do this and like you didn't feel right about that to the Christian here who just entered a sorority or fraternity who's feeling this pressure and doesn't feel like they have a choice like what do you do yeah that's good well I feel like there's many facets to that because one like if that was actually happening, like your your organization would just get kicked off campus because like that's not allowed. Like within the last decade of just things that have happened from that, like that's actually like a serious thing that you can get like your fraternity shorty like actually gets like canceled mm-hmm. kind of for that. Um, so that's one thing. But two, I, th- I think, you know, when you're in it, like I said, it, not that you're blind to it, but like when you're in it, you're just so you know, you're just so new to everything. Like, and you don't want to disappoint these upperclassmen. Like that's what you're like, you can't ever say no to them or whatever. And we actually had one, one of our, one of our guys, um, like stood up to this upperclassman and it was like, it was like crazy. It was like, dude, what do you do? It was like, you cannot do that. It was pretty cool. Um, but then, I mean, you, but then, you know, you're, I'm removed from it now, but then you go, you know, up throughout, up through it, whatever. And it's all mainly just like jokes, right? It's like most of the time when someone's like pressing you to do stuff, and, and obviously there's there's super serious things that are that are not 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 to make light of, but most of the time it's like that's what happened to them, so they're just kind of doing onto you know people uh, uh, like doing on a freshman what was done to them kind of thing, right? But there's always a choice. Like looking back, I'm sure I didn't have to do that. I mean, in the moment you're like, if I say no to this, then what'll happen? But like. You know, if you make a relationship with upperclassmen people, like you'll have those people will talk to the people that might be forced forcing you, quote unquote, to do this stuff. Like, there's- well, I think I love that you're saying this because here's the thing: like, no matter what's going on in life, like you always have a choice, right? Uh-huh. Like you do. Like this free will, you have a choice. You should have a choice at least. And if you don't feel like you have a choice, then you need to look at the situation that you're in and ask yourself if this is a healthy situation. But like, I think about that with how you know. Whatever you're learning in this season of life is preparing you for the next season of life. And I didn't go to college, but there have been so many times in my life where I have felt in whether it's business or ministry or opportunities that I didn't have a choice to do whatever it was or say whatever it was. Like I had to do this in order to stay in relationship with whoever I was partnering with, whether that was a other business partner or ministry thing, or I've had moments like that. And I've had to gain the confidence to say, no, I do have a choice. Mm-hmm. Like there are certain advertisements. You've seen this. Like, you know, um, I'll get an opportunity for a podcast ad or an Instagram ad and it'll be like this big ad and I'll be really excited about it. But maybe I've already started to say like, yes, I'll do it. I've already said yes. But then I start looking into it and I'm like, I don't agree with what they stand for or something doesn't feel right or I actually don't want my name tied to that. 
And even though I already said yes, sometimes I used to be like, well, I don't have a choice. Like I have to do it. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned is like, no, I do have a choice. Mm -hmm. And I have to be confident enough and have the integrity that I have to say like, I'm going to have to have the hard conversation. I have to do this. And if they don't want to work with me, I have to be willing to like let that happen. Or if they misunderstand me, I have to be willing to, you know, accept the consequences of this. Because at the end of the day, I need to go to sleep on my pillow at night with peace, knowing that I did what was right. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, that I watch with integrity today. And that's like something super important to me. So I think like these decisions that you're making in college and the, the things and the things that you're up against, it might not seem like this is going to matter in the real world, but it does. Like, yeah, you're not going to be in a sorority later, but like you're going to be in a work environment one day where you're going to feel intimidated by the higher ups and it doesn't seem like you have a choice. And like at the end of the day, you need to know that you're able to stand up for what you feel is right. And um, I don't know, like hearing you say that, I was like, that's so interesting because I've felt that way a lot of times and I've had to learn to like find my voice in that. And I'm glad I have because when I used to not stand up to those things, like I would go to bed so anxious, like I wish I didn't have to do this. I wish I didn't have to do this. And then finally one day I was like, I actually don't have to do this. It's just I'm scared of disappointing someone or I'm scared of being misunderstood or I'm scared of this. And, um, you know, fear is not a good reason to back down to something. Yeah. Because like you said, when you when you get up through it, you know, the hindsight is always, it seems so scary in the moment, but really for them, it was just like a side of humor. Yeah. So it's just them making jokes and being humorous, but to you, it's like terrifying. Yeah. So like you feel like, yeah, you feel like your back's against the wall and there's nothing you can say, nothing you can do, but really it's just underneath what seems like it's meanness and rudeness. It's just them just trying to be funny. So I mean, if mm -hmm. you're... Uh, I don't know how many guys are going to listen to this, but I mean, yeah, or even if, even if you're, you know, in sororities, I'm sure a lot of it's similar of, of things that you might feel get pressed upon you. Um, it could just be from a joking standpoint, but it comes across as, you know, bullying or mean or whatever. And I think that girls are different. I mean, I, from things that I've just heard from sororities, I do think there is a lot of intimidation there and probably a lot of things that really aren't okay. And I'm not saying that all sororities and fraternities are bad. I think there's a lot of good that come out of both of them. There's community, there's mm -hmm. sisterhood, there's beautiful things that come out of them. But I do think that some of them can get a little bit toxic if you're not willing to stand up for doing the right thing and if you cave under peer pressure and every, yeah. the kind of everyone's doing it type yeah, thing. Yeah, because we do need people in those spaces, right? Like I, I had guys in my pledge class that joined a fraternity to minister to people mm -hmm. like if, if i were to take myself now put me in when i was 17 like i think that's why i would have wanted to join a fraternity like to meet guys but also like how can i be in this environment not be tempted to to do these things that they're predicting in but but to give them jesus yeah. not in like a you know like a hypocritical way or like a self or like a like a condemning way but in like a loving way of like yeah. how can i you know be in this space i mean you know you read all about jesus like that's what he got critiqued about the most. Like we said, he hung yeah. out with Sanderson tax collectors and he wasn't tempted in those spaces. Mm -hmm. So I think people in their faith over time, and I think God definitely gives people certain certain gifts in that area of you can put yourself in a super worldly situation and you don't blink. Like that doesn't yeah. tempt you, doesn't face you. Like how mm -hmm. can you pull people out of that? Yeah. And I think we need more people that are solid joining fraternities and I joining agree. sororities to minister to those people and not to get caught up in the drama or in you know, just the whatever that they're partaking in. But you know, we need people in the spaces that are s solid, that are confident, and that are also loving in the same way. Because then you also have people that join it and it's like, you know, putting your stake in the ground and it's like, 
you know, that's not, that's not attractive either. It's mm-hmm. like, how do you do it in a loving way and in a relatable way? Yeah. Like most people, it's like, you better have some sort of reference point for like what that lifestyle is kind of like for you to really get to those guys. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, not that you can't the other way, but it's, it's a lot easier for me to minister to someone who has, who likes to party versus someone who's never had a drink in their life. Like who has no idea of like the fun of it or, or, or how, how to really kind of relate to that. So, yeah, I think that's good. I, I want to go back to that thing about hiding the past for a moment, because mm-hmm. I think that, and also just to note, I know not everyone listening to this podcast is a part of a sorority or fraternity that it's in college. You don't have to be a part of sorority or fraternity to understand the peer pressure that comes with college, the things that come just with college lifestyle in general. This is the first time that you're not under your parents' roof and you're making your own decisions. And there's a a lot of people around you making decisions that are different than ones you've ever made. And so we are not just making this about those two things. Um, This is a much broader conversation. And like I said, I didn't go to college and this is very relatable conversation for me too. And that time period of my life and even now in different ways. Um, But about the past, I think that the thing is, what I was saying about this, like the enemy would love for you to keep your past a secret, right? Because I think that one, it shows it. If you don't, you know, claim your past, you don't talk about it, then it keeps the glory of God kind of dimmed, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like, don't say that, because then it would really make God look good if God restored you from all those things. Yeah. But I think two, like, why would He want us to keep that in the dark? Is because like we then we always feel like there's a secret to hide. Mm-hmm. And for me, like what I was trying to do and hiding those things from you is like I was scared people would find out and it would be like on TMZ you know because honestly like that stuff happens to my family you know Mm -hmm. and I was just like what if they dig up the dirt what if they find out but like I realized because my mom told me this like if you ever have a secret like you need to be the first one to share it because then it loses its power like no one has anything to find on you that you aren't willing to just say in the first place and if someone found it and they didn't hear like the truth about it. They're like, yeah, I'm not denying that I did that. I'm not mm-hmm. denying that that's what it looks like. But I'm also here to now claim the power of what the what God did in my life. And so I think like for friends, like if you've started college and like you've already screwed it up, like because I know Christian's story, like some of his like worst mistakes in college were at the very beginning of college. And like, you might feel that way. And you're like, I already screwed this up. Like I already am too far gone. Everyone here knows me as dot, dot, dot. Everyone here has seen me drunk. Everyone here has seen me sleep around. Everyone here has seen me as a certain way. I've already got a reputation. Last year I was crazy. This is my friend group. Like you're already like, no, I'm like in the deep end, like swimming there and everyone has seen me. I just want to encourage you like, that's okay. Like you're not too far gone. You're not um, past the point. Like you're actually positioned in the perfect place to give God glory. You're in the perfect place to say, I once was dead, now I'm alive. You're in the perfect place for the blood of Jesus. And so there is not one person on listening to this podcast that has gone too far for the power of Jesus' blood to cover. And I just want to speak that over you because I don't want you to keep going down that cycle because you think you have to, because you think it's already done and it's already established that's who you are. That's not who you are. That might have been the mistakes you made. It might have been the choices you made, but it doesn't have to be who you become. And I want to talk to you all about who we're becoming because Mm -hmm. Christian, a lot of people say to you in your comments, they're like, man, like 
this is the life I want, right? It's mm-hmm. like you're married and we have two kids and it's like this sweet thing. And I think a lot of people say stuff like that on social media where they see these couples and like, this is what I want. But their life is not a reflection of that at all. And I want you to speak a little bit to like if you have a desire for something, how you work towards that and not just wait for it to magically happen. Yeah, that's good. Real quick before I kind of said, I do kind of, I do just want to backtrack super quickly what you said about the sorority fraternity thing. Like, yeah, if you're listening to this, in no way do we want this to be like a sorority fraternity thing because I think that's the last thing that I think either of us would want. Um, Because you're going to find it, right? Like, I knew people throughout class that were just as wild, if not more wild than guys I knew my fraternity. Like, so if, if you, if you're wanting to pursue that, you're going to find it somewhere. Oh, yeah. So I think, so I think, yeah, just, what you are wanting just to pursue like and we're not saying get a fraternity get a get get in a, get in a sorority um but we're just saying um oh lord i just i just lost my train of thought of what we're i was just, trying to say this is life like yeah, this is in your 30s this is in your 40s like no matter what stage of life you are we can all relate to like there are going to be places and situations that are make us feel like we have to do certain things be a part of a certain thing that either we stand on solid ground or we sink with the sand you know like yeah. it's no matter what stage of life you're in everything we're saying is applicable to that yeah for sure. um i think that's what yeah. we want to make clear yeah for sure that's good well i think i think when we when we first met um thankfully there had been an allotted time of well one repentance but two of like starting to see fruit like that was bore mm-hmm. like it wasn't we met i'm like oh crap i need to stop being addicted <laughs> to pornography i need to like get my life together so i can try to get this girl um you know, it really wasn't that. Thankfully, I'd gotten freed from that for, I think it was like a year, I'd say, when we first met. Um, so I'd had that a lot of time to really start seeing fruit that was bare, right? Like, instead of, you know, living in a lot of these sins that I was living in, I was starting to see, oh, there's some, there's peace when I used to get mad at everything, which I still really do struggle with anger, <laughs> but not to the extent that it used to be, right? So like you can see progress steps. Like in high school, like literally I just, I, I if I failed the test, I would like punch a locker. Like I would just, I just would get so just like flustered. But now it's like, I don't punch anything. Like I might get super mad and like quiet and like retreat, but it's less like, you know, less of an outburst than, than how it used to be. It's like, okay, that's not where I want to be, but that's still progress, right? So there's things that, you know, when you when you become in relationship with Jesus and when you have fellowship with that, um, there's like, you can kind of see benchmark things of, of, of progress, right? And it's not like you wake up tomorrow and it's like, you know, I'm going to just do it because it's it's more, it's what the Spirit's going to do in you. Like it's, we're not all, we're not naturally bent towards like righteousness, right? It's like, if I don't, read today, I don't ever have thought about Jesus. Like I'm not going to naturally be bent towards like being selfless or being patient or being, you know, slow to anger. Like I'm not going to be, those aren't naturally just going to kind of come for me. Mm -hmm. So there has to be some kind of like, you know, what am I sowing and what am I reaping? Right. Like if I'm sowing, you know, listening to worship instead of rap, if I'm sowing, you know, getting plugged in my church, if I'm sowing, reading my Bible more, if I'm sowing, getting, reading a Bible plan, like you're going to slowly reap those benefits. Mm -hmm. Like, and that was what I kind of saw early on of like, if I'm really going to sow into this, I'm going to reap these good things. And if I want to sow into worldly things, then you're going to reap worldly things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And obviously there's, there's different struggles with the flesh. I mean, you know, we still struggle with stuff all the time, even, even like past stuff. Like it's, it's easier to talk about certain past mistakes than other past mistakes. Right. Like, but that's in our flesh that, you know, sometimes people, things are like, Ooh, I don't want to talk about that. Um, but that's just in our flesh. Right. Um, but yeah, I think there had, like, if you see my life now versus, you know, what it used to be, there was finally a moment of like, something needs to change and I'm going to take steps towards that like there's like people think repentance i talk to people a lot it's like well i repented it's like well repentance is like a daily thing for most people for some people maybe not every day but for some people it's 100 times a day like you need to repent for things and not only just repent but like confess so it's like we did we had a bible study i shared the story with you it's like we had a we led a bible study and uh it was like every single week it was like i'm struggling with pornography i'm struggling with pornography and finally we were all just like we just like we because i think sometimes you get com- you get comfortable in your confessions where it's like everyone's doing it so i'm just going to kind of struggle in it there's it certain like, things that are easier to confess than others yeah so. but it's like no, you, have to, you, have to, you, have to, you have to break that off and it's like you know thankfully when we met i was freed from a lot of that stuff and i was pursuing these things and i was seeing fruit start to bear yeah and if we had met at an earlier time it would have been different and if i was caught up in a lot of the stuff that i was caught up in when we met then it would have been a train wreck like we it wouldn't have wouldn't have lasted because i didn't have a foundation and there was no active fruit that was bearing yeah. pre our relationship so yeah. i think you know i think sometimes we can be like i need to clean it up so i can go get so and so it's like no like clean it up because you want to love jesus yeah. and then if the time is right and if you know if it's in his plan then you know all the other things will kind of follow it's good that's so good yeah i think a lot of people they see a vision of what they want and then sometimes you just get stuck in the I want that. Mm-hmm. But like you have to put forth effort to go and mm-hmm. get that. It's like we know that is true with with life. Like if you want a coffee, what do you got to do? You got to like get in your car, go you to the get coffee dressed, shop, you drive get dressed, there, maybe pay for thing. gas. Like, yes, you got to figure out if you yeah. even like coffee, what kind do you like? What's your order? You know, like do the whole thing. Like it takes time to figure out like like to actually get there and to know what you like and to drink the drink, you know? And I think sometimes we're just like, no, I want it. I'm going to snap our fingers. I'm going to see it on social media. I want that. I want that. I want to click the link. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to do this. But like, that's not how life works. It's like, if I have a desire for a healthy relationship, then before I even meet the man, Mm -hmm. I have to get healthy. Like I have to start with like me first. And that's why our new book, How to Put yeah. Love First, that's our whole thing. Because when Christian and I started talking about wanting to write a book together, we're like, we are not qualified to write a book on relationships. We've only been married for not even four years yet, almost four years. And we're like, we haven't gone through enough with even each other to like relationally write a book. But we were like, but what we have seen is like, if God is put first, if love is first, how to put love first, if God, who is love, is first, then we have seen the benefit and the blessing that has flowed into all of our relationships with each other, with our families, with our friends, with our community. And so I think that like right now, first steps into like getting what what you desire spiritually, whether that's like a family or that's a job or whatever it is that you're kind of seeking, desiring, like put action behind that, like actually start pursuing the Lord in those things, actually start living like that. Like if you want a marriage that is happy and fun, like be a fun person, you know, like if you want um, 
a job where like you're super successful in this way, like get super good at your craft and your gifting. Like I think so many times we just like want stuff, but we don't work towards what we want. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's important not just to sit back at home and comment on people's Instagrams about like what you wish you had, but like actually taking steps towards what you desire. Because um, I just think sometimes we can think that it's going to happen. And I think that God does bless us in incredible ways and God does do all all the things, but at the same time, like I think it's a like God works with us sure, and God yeah, works through sure. us. Well, you just kind of said something, and it's actually you know not that it's not right, but like you know when you're talking about the coffee, gotta go get a coffee. And I think the problem now is like that's actually not true. Like Uber Eats, like DoorDash, like mobile ordering app, like that's you actually true. don't have to work hard to go get something. Which is why which is we which don't which is what's wrong that, with our yeah, society. It's like so it's like that's the problem. It's like it's the instant gratification. It's that's why we check our phone however many times a day. Like, you know, all the statistic on if your phone dings, like the average second you wait to, to check it, like yeah. we're so hardwired to the instant gratification. And there's so many parallels to that, right? It's even like with fitness, it's like if you want to get in good shape, if you want to get in shape, it's not like I'm going to go to the gym one time, I'm going to have a six pack, I'm going to look great. It's like, no, there's a plan. Yes. There's a membership you're probably going to buy. Yes. Like there's, there's, and the same with spiritually. It's like if you see someone you look up to, it's not just like, they had a quiet time one time and then they were, they, you know, they knew everything. Yeah. It's like, no, it's like daily practices, like daily, yeah. every, like it's. And I think the problem is like, we get so disappointed when we don't have that. And we think it's like, and then unfair, we get discouraged. And we, we think God's not faithful. Or we think, do you even care? And like all this stuff. And it's like, you went to the gym one time, you're not gonna have a six pack. You know, it's uh -huh. like, you, you did one thing. Like, over time it comes and also like just knowing if, if it never comes like is god enough to satisfy mm -hmm. your soul you know like if it never happens i thought about this the other day like during my college quote unquote years well, i wasn't really in college but you know my 18 to 22 like i look back at that and if i was going to regret something it's that like i never allowed myself to be single like i just was not single i was just always wanted to be in a relationship mm -hmm. because i was like scared of just sitting alone with my thoughts and my th stuff and i so desired marriage that i was like then i have to have someone in my life and i just think that that was like not true and i should have just rested in that because I think more than marriage, like I needed to just desire God. And when I desired God, he was going to bring the right person. And he brought you and Steph was saying this the other day. So Steph, who works with me, she's one of my best, best friends. And like eight, no, seven years ago was our first LO event. And it was before she was on my team. She was working for the team that was helping put on our event. And she was telling me this today. It was actually kind of cool. She was like, Sadie, it's so cool because um, I forgot about this, but in the house Christian and I live in today, we did all of our promo videos and we were in the bedroom that is our bedroom now, mm -hmm. but at the time it was just a guest cool. room. We were in the bedroom and um, I was in there and the lead person for their production told Steph, to come in the room and encourage me because I was so sad I was going through a breakup. And I don't remember this at all. And Steph came in there and encouraged me and was like, hey, it's gonna be okay. Like, let's go in there, let's do this. And so like, here I am seven years ago, sitting in this room, crying, confused, not sure what the future held, all this stuff. And seven years later, that's the bedroom that me and you live in, like, and we have two kids and like, it's just so crazy what the Lord has done. And mm -hmm. so I just wish I could look back and say like, just rest in the Lord, like yeah. trust his faithfulness, trust his goodness. Don't think that you have to get all these other things to like, you know, just temporarily fill this little hole in your heart. Like whatever that hole is, like truly let the Lord 
fulfill because like his love has to come first anyways or else like even if you did come into my life it wouldn't have been fulfilling to me because it had to be God's first to be ultimate satisfaction and so I think to sum up even this whole conversation it's like in life, we are always going to have this desire for these like quick, satisfying things because we have these longings in our heart that like we just want to fill the void in. But like, if you can just sit here today and truly give those longings and those desires to the Lord and let Him fill up your cup, that is truly the only thing that's going to satisfy you. And when He fills up your cup, now not only do you get filled because you know you would be empty the other way. But you get filled to the point of overflow to then where your cup fills others up. And I just think that's the coolest thing about our life is that like both of us have gone through times where we're just like, we're we're empty, you know, we were just empty, we're just broken. And then like we let the Lord fill our cup and like now we get to go and we get to have a conversation like this and Mm -hmm. hopefully fill up someone else's cup. And so just encouraging you, like you might be the empty one right now. Like you might be the one that's like sitting there, like, what am I doing with my life? Or constantly trying to be in a relationship or drinking it away, like whatever you're doing. But it is not too late to stop right now what you're doing and let the Lord fill the cup. And a couple of years from now, shoot, six months from now, you might be having a coffee conversation with somebody and you're saying what we're saying to you, you know? Mm-hmm. I just think that's the cool thing about the gospel. Like no one's too far gone from that hope. Yeah, that's good. Uh, are you, do you have any other questions? Or, yeah, that was, yeah, that was pretty good. much when it. I, yeah, man, I don't have really, I don't have much else to say, but when you, before you just started talking about that, I was just thinking, you know, there's, and, and we can, and we can cut this out, but, but even like, cause I was thinking about with, with like fitness too. It's like, if, if, cause I kind of shared that earlier about the gym stuff, like if you want to get into fitness, it's like someone who goes to the gym for the servant, like for the first time, the next question is like, Oh, like what program do you follow? Or like what supplements do you take? Or like how often do you train or whatever? And it should be like that spiritually. It's like you have an encounter and it's like, oh my gosh, like what's like what's your favorite worship band? Or like what's your favorite worship song? Or like do you have a plan I can use? Or like what church service do you go to? Like mm-hmm. it all, like it it's like never that, right? ending. And it's, yeah. and it's like if you're listening to this in your college, like you, if you want to make good grades, you're going to study a lot, right? You're not just going to, like if, if we just do church on Sunday and throughout the week, we don't do anything else spiritual. It's like you're going to fail your test if you mm-hmm. just look at your notes one time. Mm-hmm. And if you don't study, you're probably not going to do well. Yeah. And it's like if you want to know God, if you want to have a relationship with him and, and, and live in that fellowship, there's going to be things that you're going to do. There's going to be It's yeah. ongoing. There's going to be things you're going to study, things you're going to question, things you're going to learn, um, tools that, that you're going to use that might be beneficial to you, that might not be beneficial to someone else. Like yeah. find what works for you. Same with studying. Like yeah. I knew people that like I had to study – so so much and that's the same for me as scripture it's like if i don't study it a lot i'm not going to know it because just mm-hmm. the way my brain works i can't yeah. just i don't have a photographic memory like i know some people that's like i studied one time i aced the test like that's not me yeah but some people might be like that like you yeah. have to find out work, what works for you and it's the same with everything like you have to put in work for the things that you truly want to pursue yeah. and the things that you desire. And it's like you said earlier, like your relationship or your spiritual highs lasted a month or to three, you know. Mm-hmm. But whenever you finally got in relationship and you mm-hmm. started weeding out those things in your life and welcoming and like it's this ongoing thing that hasn't died out. And I think like that's the coolest thing. One of the coolest things about God is like he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. Like there is any eternity to learn about God, you know, mm-hmm. like even if you read the Bible, you can read it again and again and again, and you see something new and you learn something new. And there's this excitement. Like someone asked me today, 
what are you most excited about for LO just in the future? And so I'm probably most excited about the fact that I've been doing this for eight years and I feel like I'm just getting started. Mm -hmm. Like, isn't that cool? Like I've been doing a ministry for like eight years and I feel like I'm just getting started in so many Mm -hmm. ways because I have so many more visions and so many more people to reach and so many more things to do that I'm like, this is so fun and exciting because, and yes, like there are hard things and whatnot too, but there's just so much more to do. And I think like Jesus giving us that command at the end saying like, hey, go and tell every tribe, every nation, every time, like, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. How exciting that like that never is going to end unless we somehow reach 7 billion people, like your job's not done, you know? And so when you start a relationship with the Lord, it's beginning to end. It's mm-hmm. eternity. And so that's a very exciting thing to be a part of. And I think when you think about that in the grand scheme of things like college, when you're thinking about that, like you're thinking about like four years. Mm-hmm. That's such a narrow mindset for the rest of your life, such a narrow mindset for the rest of eternity. And so making decisions today, whether you're 18 or 81 listening to this, it's just the beginning of eternity, you know? So it's a cool thing when you think about that in that perspective. Yep, that's so good. This is a good conversation, babe. It's a good convo. I, I just have to say, we did not plan one thing we were going to say today. No, and we were like, let's just talk. And I'm glad we did because I feel like this is the most natural, like truly spirit-led conversation of a podcast. And I think it's really cool because these are things that we're really passionate about. It's things that we're really vulnerable yeah, in. For sure. And um, this is really just our heart to you. And we want to do this because we know so many of you are going into college or in college or just in a season of life where you're hearing all these voices around you. And maybe you just need a friend, a sister and a friend to speak some truth, to paint a new perspective, to kind of zoom out a little bit so you can see things in light of eternity um but we love you guys we are for y'all i hope i get to meet some of you guys who listen to this podcast one day and hear how it touched you and encouraged you in the season that you're in um but we're here for y'all if you have any more like things specifically you want christian and i to talk about just like mom and i talk about drop it in the comments we would love to touch on some of these harder subjects with y'all and uh just appreciate that we get to have a voice in your life so go out have a great week and if you need to start a new a new chapter start it today it's not too late friend trying to articulate this because this might like sound works i was just thinking about like okay so you know how when people always talk about when you have like a spiritual high there's like a little fire and it's like it just burns out quick but then now it's like if you were to, you know, if, if, if you had that image, but then now it's like our fire is like all consuming, right? It's like a big fire. It's not just like a little side kind of fire. But I was thinking about this idea of like birthday candles. Like it's like a little fire or like a little spark and something blows on it, but it doesn't always burn out, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes people are like, and it just won't blow out, but eventually it blows out, right? Mm-hmm. But if I did that to a big fire, it wouldn't touch it wouldn't fade if i was like it wouldn't touch the fire it actually um helps the fire yeah it does which is interesting but i'm but i'm just thinking about like if i'm like it's like you said it lasts like two to three months after i had this this spiritual eyes and she's like a little fire and it's like porn okay didn't blow it out okay drinking didn't blow it out yet but like eventually it's gonna it's gonna burn out like Mm -hmm. unless it's growing Mm -hmm. and there's different temptations and there are different struggles but if you just stay the same and you're not working on that, eventually all these worldly things that you're trying to pile on on top of something that you're trying to cultivate, it's gonna it's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna it's, it's gonna stop it. It's, it doesn't sustain. It doesn't sustain it. Mm-hmm. So then I think about that, it's like my fire now, it's like even though I, I still have struggles and we all still go through things, like it doesn't quench that fire. 
because it's a lot bigger than what it used to be. Mm -hmm. It's true. That's good. It's an interesting thought. I was trying to think about how to articulate that. I love it. Yeah, this is really good.